everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Podcast with Atara and Grace. I am Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com. And I am here today with Grace, my awesome co-host and a great guest. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Atara. How are you? Doing good. Thank you. Well, I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine, and you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Now, I am super excited about our guest today. Atara, who do we have? So, Grace, we're so happy to be interviewing a fantastic and famous curly-haired boy, Jace Chapman. Jace was recently the star in the critically acclaimed Netflix series, The Healing Powers of Dude. Jace has always loved to act in skits and create characters, and with only four months of moving to L.A. with his family, Jace landed his first acting role. Jace's other passions include mountaineering. At six years old, Jace became the youngest person to conquer the summit in Peru. At 11 years old, he was the second youngest person to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Jace loves to play the drums and write scripts. He hopes that his work on the screen will inspire those less fortunate to believe that they too can become anything and anyone they want. Jace is here with us today with his father, Trevor, an interesting man in his own right. Hi, Trevor. So happy to have both of you here today. How are you doing, Jason, Trevor? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. We're doing awesome. Thank you guys so much for having us. We're really excited. Oh, thank you. So, um, you know, what I love about you, Jace, is that I understand from what I've read that you are completely self-motivated in your acting career, right? I understand that when you were 10 years old, you decided you wanted to act and you yourself went through like Craigslist ads lists to find roles. So can you tell us a little about that? <laughs> yeah, um, I had a dream. I wanted to do it and I was willing to do anything that needed to happen to pursue my dream. And where did the dream come from? Like, did it, when you were really little, do you remember always saying, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to act. Did you see someone on TV? Like, how did it manifest? I've always wanted to act. Um, I've always had the liking and love to perform and entertain people. And so when I was 10 years old, it kind of became a, like a realization that I can do this. And that's when it really became real for me. And nobody like said, hey, go on Craigslist. That was your idea. That was my idea. <laughs> Trevor, what'd you think of that? Because like, I don't know that when my kid comes to me and says, I want to go on Craigslist. I'm like, oh, let me oversee that. Hang on a sec. Yeah, it was. Well, it was it was it was one of those moments where when you look back in life, kind of everything was lining up simultaneously. You can always connect the dots in retrospect. But I, I remember that he came. Uh, in a period of a few days, I got hit with some ads on Facebook about a talent search. Jace was searching on Craigslist. And I believe right before that, we had started a family vlog. If I remember right, I, I can't, I mean, it was a few years ago. And so um, he, he really wanted to go. And so he came to us and he, you know, he gave a whole presentation. We know that he's serious when it's not just something passing, but when he prepares to like actually have a, a real, you know, adult conversation with us. And that's what he did. And so my wife, somewhat skeptical, said, this count search is an absolute scam. It's not real, blah, blah, blah. We ended up, she ended up going. And that's a whole story in and of itself. Uh, I, I can't remember. There was a whole series of ordeals that occurred simultaneously that made it very uncomfortable to go. We had a whole bunch of conflicting con- um, schedule scheduling conflicts. But he arrived um, he gave, I don't remember if there were lines or whatever, but he gave them and, uh, they loved him and they said they wanted to sign him, uh, which we did. 
And at this point in time for us, it was just still something that was, you know, like a summer camp type of deal, which is how my wife and I were approaching it. So we went out to New York to a competition, uh, IMTA, and we didn't realize how large it was until we got out there and they had footage of Ashton Kutcher and uh, the dude off of Breaking Bad, the younger kid, uh, Paul, Aaron Paul. They had all these really well-known celebrities that had gone to this competition. And uh, Jace was just like super motivated while we were there. He kept on with drill lines with him and while all the other boys his age were playing Fortnite on their phones, he was just walking back and forth up the halls. And for a dad, it was a very, it was an, one of those extremely surreal moments when at the end of this three or four day event, they called his name up for every single thing that he was in. He absolutely swept it. Like he swept it. And so he's up on stage and he's got like eight medals and like, you know, I, I couldn't hold my tears back because it was when you, it's one thing if you, I think about my dad, you know, and having me become an Eagle Scout and like pushing me every step of the way because it was more his dream than mine, you know, and when you contrast that with like Jace wanting to do this and then doing what it took to make it happen, I was a very proud father's moment. That's when we took it seriously. That's when we said, okay, there's, there's actually something here. So we packed up and, and we moved to LA. And now you had um, been living in Utah at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we had lived in California when he was younger, but we moved to Utah where my wife's from. Once him and some of our other kids hit school age, she wanted them to be in an environment that she was more familiar with. And uh, if he was willing to put in the work, I said, we will run as fast as you run. We won't run for you, but we will definitely stay by your side each step of the way. Because he needed to carry himself to prove that it was something that he actually wanted to do. Well, Jace, I'm really impressed um, because at 10 years old, to be able to be so definitive about what you want to do and to be such a driving force so that your parents are taking you seriously, that's no small accomplishment. So that's pretty cool. So tell us like the moment. So now, you know, we had a wonderful interview with, you know, Erica Spates, uh, the writer for uh, Healing Power of Dude, which you star in. Um, so tell us like the moment when you get that role, what is that like? It is the most incredible feeling of the world. I, I can't explain it. My dad was actually filming it. They, they, uh, brought me outside into the sands, um, near our house. That's when we were living in Newport beach. Um, uh-huh. and it was just utter euphoria. Once they told me that I booked it. I was crying. I was screaming. My dad tackled me. It's the most amazing feeling ever. It's like winning the lottery. Even more because you worked so hard for it. So even more than just winning the lottery, I think. And this was your very first role, correct? On television, your very first television role. Well, I did like... Major role, first major. Yeah, my first major role. I did a couple small things, but that was the biggest thing. And and that was why it was so... That's why it was so emotional was because, because he didn't have a pedigree. Netflix really put him through the ringer. Just like, absolutely, they kept him there eight hours a day, an entire week. They wanted to find his breaking points, and they wanted to know if they could, if he could carry a series. And so it was kind of a gamble. So when, when they were like, yeah, we're going to go with him, it was just, it was supercharged emotions. Because he put everything into it, like absolutely everything. Yeah, because it's true. You really, as the, as the main character, Noah, you really did have to carry that show. Um, and so they 
potentially were looking for somebody, you know, who was more well-known. So the fact that they um, actually chose you, it's amazing. And they chose well. I think you did a fantastic, fantastic job. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I'm sure there's going to be so much more to come. Um, But tell us a little bit about what's it like to be on a set now? Um, Because you didn't film in in California, right? You had to move Vancouver, I think. Yes. Tell us a little about that. So we rented out a school uh, when the school year was over. And that's when we were filming. And it's crazy. It's the everyone for literally every single job. There's someone who I know gets the food. There's someone who makes the food. There's someone who restocks, you know, craft. There's someone who just sets up boxes and stuff like that. It's crazy. It's a well-oiled machine that just makes you feel so, I know, patriot, patriotism in this says. Yeah. You're a part of like a bigger organism that's moving, right? Yeah. That's so neat. So tell us what's a typical day like on set? I'd wake up uh, we immediately get in the bus that they sent me the night before I had memorized all my lines and we head over to uh, my trailer. I put on my costume. The costume dresser comes, helps me. I go into hair and makeup, put on the, put on the makeup, get the hair good. And then it's off to set immediately. Well, we do some schoolwork beforehand and then it's off to the grind. Wow. And that's filming. all day. You're doing, you're filming all day. Yeah. All day. Wow. It was my most, I, night I would hate leaving set because it's the it's the one time in my life I felt so passionate about something that I literally did not want to go home I would feel I would want I volunteered to be like a janitor or something and help them clean up (laughs) and then go home but they wouldn't be around for some reason wow Trevor isn't that music to your ears right like as a parent to know that your child is um has found his passion and then to be able to get paid for that right how incredible is that yeah, it was amazing. It was kind of twofold for me because not only did he find his passion when we were out there and he he wasn't joking when he said that he hated leaving set. He, uh, out of like the 90 some days that we filmed, um, all but like two or three, he was there all day. And so he was almost in every scene of the film and um, he he didn't wear down. There were moments when fatigue would hit and he would just pump himself up, but because he was in his element, it was uh, it was an extended in the zone. It was an extended. What's the word I'm looking for? When you're oh, in flow? flow. Yeah, he was in flow the entire time. So number one, I was proud of that to know that at such a young age he found what he wanted to pursue. But but the thing that I was even more proud of was that every major person on that set came to me and they said, um, having worked with guys like Will Smith. And The Rock and other people, they said, I've never worked with uh, an actor. He was number one on the set list. So they, they, they give you a number, you know, based on who you are on set. And so number one would be like the lead of the film, right? And they said, we've never worked with a number one who knew every single person's name and spent time with every single person. So out of the 200 people that were on set, he knew everyone on a first name basis. They had inside jokes. Almost all of them had like a fist bump or something unique to them that, that they did. And he, he brought that there and he created that. And so Larissa Olenek, who played his mom on set, she was in 10 Things I Hate About You and other things. She came to me and she said, this is the happiest set I've ever been in. And Jace made it this way because it's dependent on who is the one carrying the show. And so that more than him finding his passion, the fact that he, he made that set, he made every person of whatever importance 
feel like they were a king or a queen, that's what I was most proud of. That it didn't it didn't corrupt him into feeling entitled. What it did is it made him make other people feel valid and important. That that's really what was fascinating to me, observing as his dad there. That's beautiful. That's beautifully said. And um, I think, you know, what I read about you, Jace, is that you really want to use, you know, the screen, uh, the cinema, the the shows that you're in to really do good. It sounds like your father um, is corroborating that. Tell us a little about your dreams for um, how you can do that and how you can bring greatness and kindness into the world. Well, I want to have a platform made enough and big enough where I can influence other people's lives who, you know, are less fortunate and help them tell them that literally I was a, what, 10 year old kid in Utah and had a dream, went on Craigslist, found ads, went to a talent search. And now this is my life. So anything can happen. You can do anything you put your mind to. It's so profound because it's really going to inspire a lot of kids and teens to just go for their dreams and that it can happen. But you have to be seriously motivated. And it seems to me, Jace, that you have so many interests that are about achieving your goals. Can you tell us a bit about mountaineering? I lived in California and, uh, you know, I was basing my identity. And so naturally, like, I wanted my mom to get me, you know, hey, mom, can I get those shoes? They're, they're the in thing now. Right, they're right, cool right, right now. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I didn't understand at the time, but my parents didn't want me to have those, you know, feelings, think that. And so my dad wanted me to make my own identity, wanted me to forge my own identity. And how do you do that? You, you have experiences. Uh, it's from what you've done, what you've achieved. And so he started taking me and my siblings on their rite of passage, rite of passage trip every single year. So, yeah, when I, like you said, when I was six, went to Chokey around the Andes. I'm the youngest person to do that. Mount Blanc when I was nine and 10, went all over a very technical uh, climb, completely unassisted, just me and my dad for 10 days over Italy, France, and Switzerland. Sorry to interrupt. Do you train for that ahead of time? We should. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that, Trevor. I look when we went to Kilimanjaro. I had like I'm the still I'm still young syndrome, and about 100 meters from the top, I got pulmonary edema and collapsed. And I was seeing monkeys, and oh my god, I had broken to. I, I was as wet as one could be if they were fully submerged in a tub of water, and that was a result of me not thinking I needed to train. And so, yeah, 100%. It was the most terrifying moment of my life. So let's talk about this because you actually helped get your dad off of the summit when he collapsed. Is that correct, Jace? Yes. So me, my dad, and two summit guides, or I think three, went to the, started summiting. And like 100 meters, like you said, he, he literally stopped and he was going so slow, walking so slow. Well, long story short, he got pulmonary edema. His lungs were filling with fluid. Um, mountain altitude sickness is another word for it. And so, I mean, it's a huge climb. We summited and base camp is so far away. And so It was a nine-day route that we did in mm-hmm. four days. Four days. And so we were, yeah. So you were already feeling very strained as, as at that point. Um, yeah, I had to drag my dad, help the guides get him down. 
to base camp. He made a full recovery, but that was terrifying when you look back and your dad, it was straight from a movie, Jace, go on. You have to summit, pick someone to go with you. He honestly said that. And I, I looked around and the guys are like, who do you want to take? I just burst into tears. Come on, dad. No, you can do it. You can do it. It was a sad moment. Yeah. But I did. They picked me up and they, they pretty much drugged me, you know, for four or five minutes, propped me up for a photo <laughs> <laughs> and then drugged me down. So in, in Kilimanjaro, because, you know, only 35 years has it not been a colony of the British Empire. And so it's very, they still have a lot of traditions. And so one of them is <laughs> like, we felt like we were from like some blue blooded, you know, British family when we arrived because you have to climb with the guide service, it's, um, it's a law. Yeah. It's a law in Tanzania. And so, yeah. So anyway, we, these guys, you know, you have this whole crew with you and you have a chef, you have a a waiter. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's insane. So you can't do it unassisted. You must, you must take, you must go with these guides. But, um, but I, I have vague fainting memories of, uh, looking up, I'm looking to my left and to my right and seeing that I'm being hauled by, by two guys looking down, my feet are being drugged behind me and like blinking, trying to see Jace and, and having him come into focus and then like <gasps> trying to breathe and being unable and then like blacking back out again. <sighs> and so I have just got these, these very few memories. And then uh, the first one I've got is when we were probably, I don't even know, but we were down the mountain uh, quite a, quite a distance. And I'm like looking around and, like, do you guys see those monkeys over there? And um, they're like, not and, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the reason why I took Jace climbing was because uh, outside of the fact that my dad took me climbing, I learned as a youth and I wanted Jace to learn. Uh, there's a unique feeling when you stand at the base of a mountain and you look up and it's forever far away. And you simply can't imagine ever reaching the summit simply by walking one foot in front of the other and yet you set out and when you do finally reach the summit and you look behind you you realize that it was simply one step in front of the other there was no shortcuts there was no hacks you never ran you never jumped in a motorized vehicle you just put one foot in front of the other and you didn't stop and there is a awesome power that comes from recognizing that all it takes is continuing no matter how long it is in the correct direction, not, you know, continuing in the wrong direction won't get you there, but continuing in the correct direction will eventually get there. And also realizing that there are many routes and the only person that doesn't make it to the top is the guy that runs around and tells everyone else that their route is the wrong route. Exactly. Now, isn't this like, it's such a great life lesson because it's one foot in front of the other for mountaineering. But that was also the story that you told when Jace was trying out for these big parts while the other kids you say were playing Fortnite. He was just one foot in front of the other continuing to study lines and get into that mode to get this. And it's just amazing because when you look back, Jace, you, you've climbed these mountains like Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, but also you have achieved like becoming the star of this show this popular netflix show and it all came by going one step at a time yeah, yeah. persistence hard work yes determination such yeah. a great lesson really great lessons and you know what i'm struck also um as a parent with school age children you know i school is obviously very important but there's so much that you learn and that we teach our children outside of school um and those are lessons that 
we have to remember as parents that we need to take the time to teach our children and make time. And whatever they're learning in school, sometimes it sounds like maybe you even took them out of school. I don't know. But if you're taking these long trips together, there are so many things that you can teach your child that's not in a classroom. That's Absolutely. valuable forever. Right, Jace? Right, yeah. Uh, but more on the more on the series. Yes. I had so many auditions, mm-hmm. literally. Now, mm-hmm. me wow. and my dad, when we all start, when we started this journey, we looked we looked at each other and we're like, "All right, we will go to every single audition." And that's a big, that's a big uh, promise from my dad, who has his own who has his own life, has his own stuff he's right. doing. He has to support a family of five. Right. So taking me to every single audition, I was only, "Yeah, dad, let's do this." And so, no after no after no. Honestly, have you seen the video? Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all. You see that outfit? Yeah. That was just my audition outfit. Those were tons of different auditions. And finally, wow, right. Um, the healing powers of dude was the one. Was the one when all my hard work paid off. It was really funny because I remember early auditions. We would be, and it would be for like a commercial. <laughs> and so, in like you know the acting circles, it's just not that important. And we would walk in and, you know, having no experience, I'd put headphones in his ears. It was like a UFC match yeah. getting ready. For <laughs> I'm pumping him up. He's like looking at me in the eyes because there's all these other kids. And I think as a, as an 11 year old, 12 year old boy, that's very intimidating, especially when you're focused on, you think that everyone is looking at you and only yes. that you're yes, the center exactly. of everyone else's world. Exactly. And so and I remember like getting him focused, getting him pumped. And then they call his name and he goes back mm-hmm. there and we fist bump. And then I would turn around and predominantly moms take their kids. And so I turn around okay. and there's like 20 moms that are Just... watching this presentation. <laughs> and some of them are shaking their heads. Some of them are smiling, you know, thumbs up. And it was, uh, it, it, it eventually totally paid off. There were hard moments when he almost booked rules and lost them. And, you know, you, you look back as a kid, I think, and his issue was, he was like, if I would have only, you know, instead of doing X, if I would have spent more time on it and there's, you know, you can learn in retrospect, but it was, what I was proud of was the fact that when his hopes were dashed, because they were almost made a handful of times, uh, that he just kept going. You know, and that's, <laughs> right. he didn't that's give kind up. of the yeah. lesson. That's a lesson for, for, for now, forever, um, for all of us. So that that's great. I know also, um, Trevor, Jace, you've traveled extensively in your um, young life so far, right? So tell us what's your favorite place so far that you've been to. All right. Uh, I loved Tanzania. I loved it so much. It's a beautiful country. The people there, they are the happiest people I've ever met. They, a song they actually sang was happy people, happy people, happy people. They're just chanting that over and over. Oh, that is so powerful. Yeah. My most favorite place I've been to. Well, it's, that's all about to change because you you just talked about, um, you know, taking kids out of school. We, when COVID-19 hit, so I grew up on Guam. And when I was 12, we moved to Alaska. Yeah. And I, I wanted to sail the world as like this boyhood dream. And, you know, when I, when I met my wife, when we were 21 and 20, I told her and she was like, yeah, of course we'll do that. But it was one of those things that we knew we would do maybe in our sixties or seventies, as much as I was like, we have to do it while we can still experience it. And then eventually life sets in and it's just utterly irresponsible to do so. And, you know, so we tried to do the really responsible thing and, bought a house and started companies and worked hard. And 
eventually COVID-19, when it hit, Hollywood shut down and it, it presented this opportunity for us to kind of reassess and say, what do we want? And my daughters are now school age. I've got five kids. So it's a family of seven. And, um, they have like very strong passions of their own. The one that's right under Jace, she's nine. She's like obsessed with climate change. You know, when her younger sister got an Instagram account, she jumped on and she's like, Hey, this is my little sister Kensington. She doesn't really care about climate change, but that's okay. She's still my sister. <laughs> I like to that degree. She is, she's obsessed with it. Um, and so we, uh, we're talking to you right now from our sailboat that we blue water cruiser that we just bought in a bay um, outside of California, as we're provisioning, preparing to take off either deep into the Pacific or cross into the canal and over to the Caribbean based on which countries open up with COVID-19. And so their, you know, their, their favorite countries are going to change. And this occurred because uh, a trip once a year was insufficient, I saw, to, to bring about consistent change. Like it would change, they would learn lessons, but it wasn't something that they would consistently that would impact them consistently. And now that Jace is 13 and he's turned into a young man, we realized, wow, like our time is it's very limited. limited. Right. It's limited. limited. You don't have yeah. them forever. Right. Your time and is so now. We, yeah. Yeah. We, the time is now. And so we are on the very first steps. This is like day seven of a, what we are saying and, you know, subject to change, but what we are planning on as a 10 year, around the world journey. And Jace will fly back for um, pilot season and for pilot season. So either Casey or I will come back with him with the youngest for pilot season. And for, and, and when he books a major role, the whole family will go out to film that. Cause it's a, it's a family experience. It's a very, it's a family think, affair. Yeah. It's a family. That's affair. wonderful. And so it, like everyone celebrates together because the whole family sacrifices for his dreams. And so when his younger sisters achieve their dreams, the whole family will go out as well. And so I think that's important to show, you know, for the kids to voluntarily support that and want to celebrate. Um, it's too easy to be envious and be angry. And so we, we try to, to avoid that. Yeah. When you can teach your children to celebrate for one another and to share each other's um, dreams and, and to revel in them, then you've given them everything. So that's great. I bet you're going to do a lot of homeschooling now, Trevor, you and your wife, right? <laughs> yeah. So they've been in online school since Jay started acting right. and uh, we are transitioning fully to homeschool because we'll have extended periods where we don't have internet access during passages. So yeah, it's, it's homeschooling. Uh, well, this, you guys are definitely adventurers and um, there's so much to be said for that because like I said, you know, school is great, but it's not the place where you can learn everything. There's so many ways to learn and, and to teach children things. So um, absolutely, I, I don't want to end this show without talking about your hair because, you know, we are really girly <laughs> and we are all about empowering children through the legacy of their hair, really. So where does your curly hair come from? Do you know? Dad, where do you think my... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Case, where does Jace's curly hair come from? From my mom, apparently. Oh, oh is that wow. right? So neither of you have curly hair. Your no, wife? No, I'm the uh, first in our nuclear family. Oh, I love that. You have to meet my daughter because I have the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I always say my daughter was born like this curly haired child in this like mostly straight haired family. Sometimes I have what I call miscellaneous hair on a <laughs> bad day. But it's definitely not curly. So, so it's well, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see like 
where you know your your hair comes from because your hair tells a story. It's not you know it's not just hair. It's really yeah. Really, I love really my hair. I absolutely love it. And have you all your life? Um. Well, I had curly hair as a as a young kid. Like when I was four, it stopped. And then recently, after H Pod, you know, if you look at H Pod and if you watch it, the Healing Powers of Dude, um, I look like a different person. My hair is straight. And after that, uh, yeah, I've I've become a young man, and my hair has changed as well. Oh dear. Well, what a it's just been such a joy having you both on our podcast and being able to share some of your adventures with our audience. Hey, yeah. thank you so much. This is a blast. It's been enriching. It's been fun. And I think there's just so many great lessons that I'd, I'm sure you didn't even come on to teach them, but they're there in your story, both your stories. So um, it was great, great, great chatting with you. Um, I hope that in between your travels, you'll stay in touch with us. Let us know where you are. Drop us a line <laughs> from different places that you are. I imagine you're going to be taking a lot of pictures for your Instagram, depending on where you are, right? Yeah. All right. We'll follow you then. Trevor, All thanks right. for coming on as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, much appreciated. It was a blast. Yes, thank you. Take care. Bye for now. Bye for now. All right, bye. Thank you.